Good morning, y'all, and welcome to another edition of the Knollcast. I am Bud Elliott, and it is the morning of the Orange Bowl. I wanted to make sure I got this out to you. Had a lot of Under Armour game stuff to take care of yesterday. All right, 4 o'clock, Orange Bowl. Just doesn't feel right to me anyway. Uh, The Orange Bowl traditionally is a nighttime ball game, uh, but for whatever reason this year, they are not playing it uh, at night. They have to move it up to four o'clock, which I kind of think stinks, but, uh, uh, whatever they're going to have, uh, well, oh, that, that's right. We have NFL games and NFL is much, much bigger than college football, Florida state and Georgia in this one, a matchup that I would otherwise be just absolutely thrilled to see, especially because as Graham has talked about before the chance that the game against Georgia gets canceled at some point, uh, in, that one of the future games, you know, is certainly always looms. So I'm just not super pumped about the totality of this matchup, mainly because the college ball playoff committee, in my opinion, screwed FSU. Now I've said many times, I don't think that the version of FSU had a real shot to win the title without Jordan Travis. However, I do think that it it robbed the Knowles of an opportunity to be recognized for their efforts, for going 13 and 0 in a Power 5 conference, for, you know, smashing two SEC teams, for, you know, beating a million teams that had a winning record. Um this was a damn good Florida State football team and it deserved to make the playoff. It deserved the chance to pull off like what a TCU did to Michigan. It deserved a chance to have happen to it what happened to TCU against Georgia. This is sports. We don't actually know what will happen. We can have a pretty good guess, right? We have a pretty good track record of being right about this team and about the sport, but we don't know. We don't always know what will happen, okay? That's why you play the games. Florida State played the games. Florida State won the games. And when the committee did what it did, and what I feel is kind of a rigged system, it signaled to this FSU team that its season was over, right? You had a lot of players on this team come back because their goal was to make the college ball playoff and to win the conference. They did everything they needed to do to have that happen. And yet the committee robbed them of that. And so they basically said, peace, right? Our season is done. You have a ton of opt-outs for this game. If you've listened to the show, I think you, or if you're listening to this, you, you probably know who they are, but Every podcast is someone's first, so I will run run it down real fast. And, and let's be clear, these are not all opt-outs like, hey, I don't want to play. In many cases, some of these opt-outs are guys who have been banged up throughout the season, right? So, obviously, Jordan Travis is not an opt-out. He's just still recovering from his injury. Trey Benson, a pretty smart opt-out, a guy who had dealt with some injuries throughout the, throughout the season. Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, both of whom obviously, obviously dealt with injuries throughout the season as well as Jaheim Bell. Uh, you have Harris, who's transferred off to TCU now. He wasn't a starter, but he was a you know, part-time uh, player for you. Obviously, Jared Verse doesn't need to prove anything more. He came back to improve his draft stock and to make the playoff. Again, did everything he could possibly do for you there. Fabian Lovett, a guy who you know came back because he was hurt a lot as a junior, uh, so he's opted out as well. And then in the secondary, uh, Jerry and Jones, Renardo Green, and Dent are also out. So um, 
that's like half of your starters and almost all of your best players aren't playing in this ball game. Additionally, Tate Rodemaker after taking, you know, a, a decent number of reps with the ones, not all of the reps with the ones decided to hit the transfer portal. I can't blame him for, for hitting the transfer portal. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, kind of crappy that he did it when he did, but at the same time, I think a lot of factors there that I'm not going to get into in, in an orange bowl preview podcast. So, how does an offense quarterback by Brock Glenn, who's been banged up, by the way, handing the ball off to Kaziah Holmes, Sam Singleton, and Ja'Kai Douglas at running back because Rodney Hill at the transfer portal and ended up at at, uh, at FAMU. That's a great get for FAM. And, man, uh, if you don't think other guys on the team see what happens when you try to negotiate via social media. And, and uh, yeah. Um, throwing the ball to Kentron Portier, Destin Hill, Darren Williamson, Hakeem Williams, Deuce Span, and Vendrivius Jacobs, along with tight ends Kyle Morlock and Jackson West. Protected by Darius Washington, Casey Roddick, Marie Smith, Demetri Emanuel, and Jeremiah Byers. It's going to be hard to score points here. Georgia is not the same level of team that it was the last two years, but Georgia still has a top five defense in the country. Georgia still... Against really elite offenses, I think you can score on them some. Against this level of offense, I uh, I have some real doubts, obviously. Now, I don't think there are many, if any, opt-outs for Georgia on the defensive side of the ball. You have a couple guys who transferred out, but they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily starters for UGA. Uh, in the middle of this defense... Stackhouse and Zion Logue are, are pretty good players. They're not first-rounders, but they're both like draft picks, okay? Georgia's linebackers are just stupid fast. Uh, they, I mean, C.J. Allen and Raylan, those guys, we, we, we talked about a lot of these guys when they were being recruited, how FSU needed to be going after them and trying to sign them. Obviously, Raylan, the guy, you know, from Tallahassee, FSU unable to, uh, to fight that fight and land those dudes. I... I don't know how they're going to score points here. Now, Mike Norvell is a hell of a play caller, and I think they will try to find some creative ways. I would try to run a decent bit of Wildcat. Unfortunately, the guy you really trust to run Wildcat, uh, Lawrence Toa Philly, is also out for this game after sustaining what was a season-ending injury. I should note, by the way, that it, these guys deciding to get their, their, their off-season surgeries now, I don't fault them at all for this, okay? The committee told them their games don't matter. Why would you play in this and, and risk getting further injured when you can be healthy for spring and, and work on your craft? I So guys electing to get cut on now and be healthy back for spring, awesome. Good good for them. I'd imagine you try to run some Wildcat. Obviously, we, we've, we've seen Deuce Span throw passes in high school. A couple guys on this team have uh, probably throw the ball a lot to, to, to uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. Georgia's secondary is just insane like they really cover extremely well you know Lassiter Starks Tyke Smith uh Dalen Everett those guys have covered really well Everett a little bit less so this year but but I mean all these dudes are like former four and five stars and the thing is it's like yeah you have some four and five stars they have some four and five stars if you're recruiting at that level the four and five star is starting for UGA has beaten out a bunch of other four and five stars. He's like the the optimal result of what you get when you get a four and five star. Um, 
I mean, you're a you're a 20 point dog in a game that has a, a total of 44 and a half, 45 for a reason. FSU's offense is just absolutely decimated here. I am excited to see some of these players, right? I'm excited to see this offensive line work together again in the game because this is going to be, I think, for the most part, what you have on the offensive line next year. Obviously, Roddick is out of eligibility, you know, but Washington, Keandre Jones, Marie Smith, um, you know, Emmanuel won't be back. And, and Jeremiah Byers, like, I want to see those guys work together again. I want to see improvement from Kyle Morlock. You know, I want to see, I'm actually kind of excited about this young receiving core. And Kentron and Williamson are not are not young, but you know, Hakeem and, and, and Jacobs, how do those guys look? I, I, I want to see, it, can they make plays against a really elite secondary? Can you block it up in time? I I don't know uh, if that's if that's possible if you can provide that protection, but uh, yeah, I, I this is going to be this is going to be difficult. I would say what's not difficult is picking up the phone and calling eight four four FSU loan eight four four FSU loan. That will get you hooked up with Chad at Legendary Home Loans. Does a tremendous job. More than five hundred of our Nolcast listeners have decided to do so. Look, everybody needs a mortgage at different times. Rates always change. If you want the best possible process, that's what I recommend doing. I would call 844-FSU-LOAN. All right, so again, game total, you know, 44, 45. The line is 20. Uh, basically, you, you chop that in half. It's like, say, 22 to 22. You chop, you chop another 10 off on, on, and add another 10 to the other side. I mean, your your implied total or your implied score of this game by Vegas is like thirty-two to twelve. You know, that's that's kind of what I see happening here, um, ish on FSU's side. I, can you can you put together a drive where where you you score that is like more than more than forty yards? I, I obviously like the, the opportunity to get turnovers and whatnot always looms large. And you do have a good special teams unit, which could help you. But uh, I, I have a hard time thinking that you can move the football enough to be competitive in this game. If you are competitive in this game, it is going to be because of the other side, right? You're going to need to play with a lot of congruity on defense, like what I did there. I know Matt Lewis does. You should call our friend Matt Lewis at Congruity, Congruity HR Solutions. More than 10 businesses for the Nolcast have elected to give him a call, work to optimize their business, you know, payroll, HR solutions. Matt Lewis and those guys do a tremendous job. And I, I think Matt's heading out of the game. I'm not sure. I, I got, you know, various group texts and whatnot with, with our sponsors. I believe Matt's going down. And uh, look, if you go, have fun, right? There's a lot of guys on this team to still celebrate who maybe they're not good players yet, or maybe they're just decent players who are vets to go out and celebrate them. Right, there are some guys I think who are are players you should be excited about. Defensively, we get to see a little more Gilbert Edmond in this game. Edmonds played Georgia before, right? When he was at South Carolina, he did not have the year FSU wanted him to have. He will be leaned on next year, I think, to play a little bit better. Braden Fisk, I think, is going to give it a go despite being in a boot. You get to see Daryl Jackson for the first time. I don't know if Josh Farmer is going to play. He was one of the guys who who ended up having surgery. Um, Patrick Payton ripping off the edge. I, 
I think he'll be back at this point, even after all the social media stuff. So we'll have to see. Tatum Bethune and Deloach. Those are two guys I'm excited to see play, right? Opportunity to make a lot of tackles, opportunity to show you can take on blocks. And you probably get a heavy dose of Georgia's run game in this one, if I had to guess. Georgia offensive opt-outs. We have not seen. Um, I don't know on Bowers yet, and I don't know on Amarius Mims yet. I think there is some chance that they play. Initially, people thought no, but then Bowers did practice uh, the other day. So maybe he ends up playing. That's would be remarkable, but Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country and maybe by a lot. So uh, we'll get to see him, get to see if Deloach or Bethune you know, get lined up on him and how they do covering. The, where, where I have the, the concerns in this game, for the most part, is, is in the secondary. Uh, Kevin Knowles playing more because Jones opted out, right? You got Fintrell and, and as, as AZ Thomas on the outside. I feel fairly good about those guys. Cheyenne Brown, obviously, you, you, you feel pretty good. But it's the nickel and the safety spot, the guys who George is likely to force to make tackles, that, that's where I have some real concerns, okay? Because those guys have not shown that they can tackle well this year. And in fact, at times have shown that they are a liability when it comes to tackling. How does that work, right? The, the other aspect here, and, and just to be completely frank about this, is, is sort of beyond your control. How focused is UGA on this game? I think the fact that their players are actually playing probably indicates some level of focus. But I don't know, like, are they are they sharp, right? How much fun have they had in Miami? Or, or do they care about this? Because you do have enough firepower up front in this front seven, even without verse, to where if Georgia's screwing around, if they're not sharp, your defense could, in theory, make this a game for a little bit, right? Now, most likely, even if it does, your offense struggles to move the football, even though I think FSU will tr scheme up some stuff. It's just a different caliber of athlete, you know, um, with, with, with your offense. But there is some chance that your defense can make this a game. And if so, like, that's, that's something to cheer for. That's something to watch for. Something else to watch for when you're in Tallahassee is Charlie Park. Awesome rooftop restaurant, great brunch spot, awesome place to do graduation celebrations. Sister restaurant of our buddies over at Madison Social. Matt Thompson does a tremendous job sponsoring the show as well. Want to make sure that we give those guys a shout. All right, so guys to worry about on Georgia's offense. Uh, Cedric Van Pran is probably the best. And maybe not the best. What one of the better centers in the country? Uh, Ernest Green is an, a, a young player at tackle who is just an absolute beast. I mean, just a, a physical freak. Uh, Tate Radledge and, and Xavier Truss are okay players for those guys. And then again, I don't know if Mims plays, but it's a pretty good offensive line. I guess we'll probably see some Monroe, uh, Monroe Freeling, who was a five-star tackle that Georgia signed last year. If Bowers plays, it's a real matchup nightmare. Uh, their receivers, I would say, are pretty good, but not amazing. So Lad McConkie is probably their best, but he's been you know pretty injured this year. I don't know if he's going to play in this one. Dominic Lovett was the best receiver uh, on Missouri last year. He transferred to Georgia this year. Had a good year, not an amazing year for them. Uh, Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, 
South Florida kid, played for Aquinas. He's he's another threat. Robert Rod Thomas was probably the most explosive guy on Mississippi State last year. He transferred in. And then at running back, uh, Dewan Edwards and uh, and Kendall Milton are good backs for them. They also throw the ball to the backs uh, a decent bit. Edwards has 21 catches, and uh, uh, Milton has a couple as well. So, look, I, I think this is a Georgia offense that is capable of of screwing around, but if they're on, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Carson Beck, who I, I, I should probably mention in a preview. Uh, 72% on the year, 22 to six. Real NFL arm, makes big time throws, not afraid to challenge down the field. Not super athletic, but he's not a total statue. Like they won't run him on design stuff much, but but he is capable of scrambling out of the pocket. If if he comes back to school, I think Georgia's your, your your national title favorite for next year, most likely, because the defense should should be a good bit better because the defense is just so young at many of the key spots. It, it, it'll it'll be more veteran. Um, I I do expect the guys who are actually playing in the game to play hard for the Knowles, and that's not, I mean, duh. If you if you put the pads on, you better play hard, otherwise you risk getting hurt. But I, I just it's something I think I should probably say. However, talent wise, like uh, the Florida State and Georgia just aren't recruiting the same level of player for the most part, like uh, uh, across the board, and especially when you have some of these guys sitting out, and some of your most talented players are you know true freshmen on this team, so. They're not exactly physically mature enough to play, I think, with what Georgia is running out there. So I will go ahead and do uh, a score prediction here. I will go uh, Georgia. I'll say Georgia 37, FSU 13. So, um, and that's probably a heavy dose of UGA run game late, if, if I had to guess. All right, y'all. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, we'll see who does the post game. Might do a, a next day post game on this. We'll just have to see, uh, depending on how how pretty or ugly this ball game is. Right? If, if she pulls out a win, maybe we'll both jump on and do a do a fun live instant. But if uh, if this goes like like Vegas thinks it goes, and, and like on paper it probably should go. I don't know that a whole lot of folks are super excited to listen to an instant uh, reaction of this. So we will see y'all.